For those of you who may be new to online, please feel free to look around. There is a Bible app. There's also a place for notes, and there is a button for prayer. So we believe that no matter where you are, God is with you, and you are necessary to the kingdom. For the past three weeks, um, Senior Pastor James and myself have been tag-teaming through the seven deadly sins. So he started with a basic understanding of what sin is, and that is something we choose to do that violates God's law and sabotages the abundant life he desires for us. And this is the hard part to truly grasp is that we may not be able to stop the feelings from coming on. It's kind of part of the human experience. And God created us to feel very deeply. But most of the time, we choose and allow ourselves to respond the way we do. We're sometimes blind to what these things in our life can look like. So if you missed the last three weeks and you want to catch up, you can go to our website, brazos.church, or you can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and listen to the messages. But we're here. We made it to the last week of the Seven Deadly Sins series. And today I get to bring up something we all deal with, or I should say, we all are dealing with. And it's probably the most well-known of the seven. We're talking about anger. And not all anger is bad. There's something called righteous anger that we'll touch on as well. But today we're going to look at a basic definition of anger. We're going to look at the symptoms and we're going to give time to receive the freedom that is in the remedy. And that's Jesus. We'll give time to prepare our hearts and allow the Holy Spirit to show us things that we need to release to forgive and forgive. And we're, we're, and we're going to wait to take communion to the end. So um, while I was preparing this, the Holy Spirit very much uh, didn't warn me, but sort of gave me an understanding that this is sensitive in nature. And... None of this is meant to single anyone out, but I feel like it's the most sensitive of these teachings, and I also feel like the enemy doesn't want us to know about the healing that is available to us. So if you feel like with something that said, I have literally just called you out, I invite you to be still and allow Jesus to talk to you about it. And if you're still uncertain, please talk to me because we are a family. And according to scripture, everything I say here should be tested against scripture, right? And that is so this becomes a place where we can feel safe, being vulnerable before God who loves us. There is no shame. There is a desire for all of us to experience the freedom that Jesus brought through his sacrifice that will allow us as a church to love well. And because of that, others will be drawn to Jesus. Amen? All right, so let's go. So anger is defined as a strong feeling that makes you want to hurt someone or be unpleasant because of something unfair or unkind that has happened. While anger itself is not a sin, it's an emotion, it is a gateway to a level up called rage, fury, wrath. We're, ta we're talking anger to the umpteenth power. Um, online, I had on my Facebook post, I asked the question, why is anger one of the seven deadly sins? And a friend of mine, Jennifer, said that, uh, <laughs> that it was the gateway to the holy heck knows. So that, thank you, Jennifer, for that wisdom. But the best example I have of this 
umpteenth power of anger belongs to the Marvel Universe. And I know you know what superhero I'm talking about when I say big rage. Who am I talking about? I am talking about the Hulk. Mild-mannered Bruce Banner, the scientist who had a tragic childhood and suffered a lab accident where radiation leached into his system and turned him into a giant, raging, green monster whenever he got angry. You want a real blast from the past? Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. I remember watching this TV show when I was little. And it was kind of hard for me to call him a hero because he got so angry and it scared me. I just couldn't make sense of it as a kid. And honestly, without help, we can't make sense of how or what we do when we feel anger. For me, it's very much like looking down a really tall ski jump that's packed with slick, hard ice and starting to descend. Once I choose to move even a little bit Momentum takes me, and from that point on, there is no way to stop. I mean, picture it. That's really high. Anger takes us places we never thought we would go. While we're gaining speed, our heart rate becomes elevated, we're thrown into flight mode, not able to make the best decisions, and most of the time regretting knee-jerk responses we only make to protect ourselves. And then we're there at the bottom, looking behind us at the mess that was created. I've been there, and I'm pretty sure we all have. So at some point, we wish we had not responded that way. We wish we had not done or said the things we did. This is where either the Holy Spirit gets involved with healing through forgiveness, or the enemy gets a foothold with resentment, shame, bitterness, unforgiveness, and that list can go on. I looked up how many times anger was mentioned in the Bible. Anyone care to guess? Just throw out a number. Four. Four, 60, 63 is a little closer than four. 50? Okay, so maybe it depends on translation, but Google came back with anywhere from 131 verses to over 500 times. This starts all the way back in Genesis after Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden and sin enters the world. The first human to really know anger is Cain, Adam and Eve's son and Abel's brother. His anger began with envy towards his brother and disappointment in how he saw God's acceptance. And it grew till the anger took him over, resulting in his brother's murder. The topic of anger is all throughout the Bible, but for our text, we're going to look at James 1, 19 to 21, and then we're going to look at Ephesians 4, 25 to 27. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here. I thank you that, like Margie spoke this morning, that means you give us new vision. You give us the ability to see and participate with you in what's inside our hearts. 
and what's inside our minds. So Lord, I ask right now for just vulnerability that we would be able to trust you and open up and allow you to examine our hearts. Thank you for the message that you have for us. I ask that it be sown deeply. Thank you for what you've given us as a church, as individuals. My God, I ask that this honor you and that I be true to the message that you intend. It's in your precious and holy name. Amen. So James 1, 19 through 21 says, My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For man's anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. Therefore, ridding yourselves of all moral filth and the evil, humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save you. And then we have Ephesians 4, 25 through 27. Since you put away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we're members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, and don't give the devil an opportunity. So both James and Paul are speaking to the church here. As a half-brother of Jesus, James's letters is all about challenging the church to do what Jesus did, and that is love God and love people. Modeling after him in ways that would not only please God, but keep the church accountable as they continue to learn how to share God's love, even through persecution. And Paul's letter to the Ephesian gets a little more direct. Again, this is not God saying you can't be angry. He knows we're going to get angry. Paul specifically says, be angry and do not sin. But more along the lines of don't let offenses build into anger and don't let the anger overcome you. Because why? Because you will allow the devil to get a foothold. You'll be a tool used by the enemy an actual agent of Satan. Let that just sort of soak in. And at that point, the issue you're mad about is so much larger in your mind than in reality because you're not releasing it. You become a prisoner to it and whoever you refuse to forgive. It becomes harder to surrender it. It overwhelms and builds walls that without the help of the Holy Spirit will not come down. And it's heavy. One of those heavy things that becomes exhausting if we carry it for very long. So an interesting bit of trivia for you, and I'm totally cool if you want to laugh at my attempt at Greek, because I'm going to attempt Greek. The term used for anger is wrath here, and in the Greek it is parorgismos, uh, parorgismos. Parorgismos. There we go. Taken from the two words para and orgizo. Para means alongside, meaning something very close to you. 
And orgizo is individually the wrath or the mood of someone completely bent out of shape over an issue. So what starts out as silent resentment builds until it becomes too much to contain internally and creates outward rage. But the moment those two words are used together, you have something even more destructive. You have the individual aware of the rage, drawing it close instead of pushing it away or rejecting it. They take it, they hold it, they embrace it, they nurture it. And they allow it to be so much a part of who they are that it becomes a constant companion they take everywhere with them. That's someone unwilling to let go of the anger and is set on their definition of justice regardless of the circumstances. They're not interested in unity and can cause great harm to the body and themselves. Again, this is exhausting. It's a heavy thing, and we're talking one offense here. They build, and it gets to be a bigger issue, a heavier issue, and that's what happens when we let anger build, and that's why Paul said, don't do it. Now, this is going to be a little sensitive because the truth, as we know it, is that the history of the church is riddled with that. Thankfully, God moves regardless of what we do, but offenses were taken on because culture, society as a whole, was not acting in a way that was defined as pleasing to God. But we called it righteous anger. And the church gave some kind of permission and stopped truly loving people, people groups, and justified it and allowed it to pass on through generations. And it's here today. And we have offenses creating division in and outside the, of the church. We've left people wounded. And I get it. We love to the best of our ability and we all make mistakes. But that has nothing to do with righteous anger. It's just anger. Righteous anger is getting angry at the things that are not of God. It's an anger grieved by sin and death and any form of evil. Whew, sorry. It's that feeling, that feeling of I can't even towards the enemy and his agenda to keep people from knowing a loving Jesus. And this is what I believe Paul is telling us to do when he says, be angry and do not sin. Take on righteous anger and hit the floor on your knees and do the real battling. We have to remember that in Ephesians 6, Paul tells us we're not battling against flesh and blood. Whew. 
and we have an opportunity to love people well. We're called to be a bridge as agents of God's love and mercy, and the world needs that love badly. So badly. Right now, I feel like the church, and by the church I mean our church, the Brazos Church, is being prepared to love without limits. Thank you, Melody. We're being prepared to love without limits. We've been going through these seven deadly sins. We've been going through the Bible. And he has been preparing us and equipping us so that we are ready for what comes next. The invitation for us is freedom for ourselves so that we can clearly see we are free living lives with the power that can free others as we introduce them to Jesus. Now, I don't know if you remember, but when Pastor James spoke on pride, he was given a picture of someone in a cell with the door open and the shackles on the ground. Anger can keep us in that cell too. And with the help of the Spirit, we get to open our eyes and walk out the door. And this is about the kingdom and sharing hope with the world that right now is filled with chaos. So let's look at the symptoms of anger with an eye towards receiving the freedom from it. One may be that you find yourself immediately coming back with a sarcastic comment when a question is asked. Um, or it seems like people are hesitant to ask questions directly to you. You take a temperature of the room, not a lot of people are coming to you. There may be negative feelings directed towards an individual or people as a whole, or you simply don't associate with anyone you don't agree with. You don't easily trust, so you're often isolated. And you don't really have the ability to go to community with your issues, and so you are tired. You're slow to forgive. You feel like there's a Dr. Jekyll and a Mr. Hyde you deal with on the regular. Maybe you're holding on to or trying to control some part of your life to the point that when something unexpected happens, you feel rage because you were caught off guard. For all this, we already know the remedy is Jesus, specifically the Holy Spirit. And here's the deal. From the Israelites to the current church, mistakes have been made. And God has not acted out and will not act out of anger. He is and always will be the promise-keeping God. He will never leave us or forsake us. He is faithful and true. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful. You were called by him into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And he wants his plans for us, his good and perfect will. He's given us the Holy Spirit so that we can process feelings in a manner that builds up and doesn't tear down. Romans 8.34 says, Jesus intercedes for us. And in verse 26, it says the Holy Spirit does too. They're cheering us on in this journey 
And this is a journey we're all on, no matter where we are in our faith walk. No matter how mature we are in our relationship with Jesus, we will always have things to learn. So knowing that the Holy Spirit is the answer, we'll spend some time in prayer in a moment, but what can we work on to manage things before they turn to anger or rage? We're looking for our remedies. The first one, we follow James 1.19. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. If we always enter a conversation wanting to see the best in people, we will want to hear what they have to say, and we will not be as easily offended. We'll be a little more level-headed, and we'll have a little more ability for clarity. The second one is, if you're triggered through social media or the news, it may be time to take a break from tech. Just give it up for a while. Take a deep breath. Because it can really overwhelm. And it doesn't help when we want to champion everything. We get compassion fatigue. The next one is don't go to bed angry. Just don't do it. Recognize you have the ability to keep the door closed to the enemy. You have the ability to keep the door closed to the enemy. Forgive anyone that has wronged you. And this is a process and not an overnight deal at all. God will walk you through it and it may come up again, but that's okay. You just forgive again. In Matthew 18, 21, Peter asked Jesus how many times a brother could sin against him and he would still forgive him. And he thought the big number was seven. And Jesus responded, 70 times seven. And lastly, if you're dealing with rage because it's a byproduct of counseling through a trauma, first, know you're loved greatly. Because that's a big deal. Be gentle on yourself, but process as you are able. This isn't sin. It steps towards healing. So allow the Holy Spirit in. If you would like prayer, please let someone know. And if that's you and you're online, please click the button for prayer and someone will be able to pray with you. And we will do what we can to be sure you get connected to a community that can walk with you in that healing. So in just a minute, we'll be preparing our hearts for communion. But right now, we're going to take a moment and sit with the Holy Spirit so that we can be shown any areas of unforgiveness we may be holding on to. If you're online, you can get your elements together if you plan on taking communion. But earlier, I mentioned how heavy offenses are. So as you pray, ask the Holy Spirit to show you the unforgiveness you may be holding on to. And ask him to take the heaviness. In the book of Matthew, Jesus literally says, Come to me, all you who are burdened weary from carrying heavy things, and I will give you rest. We are not meant to, nor are we able to carry the heavy. And you may not be aware of how heavy it is because it is just normal for you. Jesus wants you to feel joy and freedom. So 
as Steve is passing out the elements, let's just give him some time as we prepare our hearts for communion. Okay, before we do that, um, I just got a tap on the shoulder and the Holy Spirit said, uh, offer prayer, just offer to pray out loud as a body. So if anybody is struggling with anger or with just being tired of being tired, you can raise your hand and uh, we can pray. And this is just, you know, you can bow your heads, you can raise your hand. Okay, thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable and willing to get prayed for. So let's just go to God in prayer. Father, we, we thank you. I thank you for the tap on my shoulder. I thank you that you are here now. And I thank you that all we need to do is ask and you heal. Well, Lord, while it doesn't look like we think it should look and it doesn't happen immediately sometimes, we know that you're at work. And so Lord, first I thank you for the victory. Just the awareness of having an issue with anger is a big deal. 
And I thank you that there is willingness to just sit by you and allow you to touch and heal. We thank you for the grace and mercy that you give us all the time. And Lord, I ask for an extra measure of those of us who are really struggling with anger. I ask that our eyes be opened to the wonder of who you are and how much we're loved by you. Fill us with our identity, God. Fill us with you. Protect our minds and our hearts from the enemy's attempts to try to get us to carry these heavy things that aren't ours. Thank you for giving us joy and freedom in that. Help us remember that we walk this with you daily and that we are always being molded and shaped to be just like Jesus. Thank you, God.